Thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. So how does it work? We also have Small World where we start to look at the stories from around the world and try and get a deeper understanding on what that is as well. And the story that we are looking at is uh, the story. I'm just trying to find my notes here. I know that we'll get to them in a moment where we are looking at the um, what is called the Nord Stream pipelines. Now, what are the Nord Stream pipelines? And if we go back to the narrative of the war that is currently taking place in Ukraine, and there's been a huge outcome. Some people are calling it a proxy war. And the question then becomes a what is being done and how is it being done? The Nord Stream pipelines, we'll find out what they are. They apparently have um, suddenly got four leaks what does this mean in relation to the war? What does it mean in relation to something far bigger? On the line, we've got Timbisa Fakude, who is a senior research fellow at the Africa-Asia Dialogues. Timbisa, thank you so much. We know that you've been having problems with phone lines, etc. So we really appreciate you making an extra effort there. Appreciate it enormously. Thank you, and thanks for having me. So, Timbisa, first of all, the Africa-Asia Dialogues, what are they? We are a, a, a hybrid organization, think tank, and a media institution, uh, mainly yeah. trying to um, help uh, understand the geopolitics of both Asia and Africa. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's basically what we do. We try all the time to speak to people like yourself in terms of trying to unpack these uh, somehow and sometimes complicated geopolitical issues. So let's talk about the geopolitical issue. It's a small, small world that we live in, and we want to know what this could mean in the end for us as well. So we understand that there is a war in Ukraine, Russia and Ukraine, and Russia invading Ukraine. Then what took place after, I mean, that started in February. We are now already in October, and in September, four leaks appeared in the Nord Stream pipelines. Now, they're used to carry gas uh, from the Baltic Sea, from Russia to the rest of Europe. First of all, can you just um, explain further for us what these pipelines are, how they work? Well, these Nord Stream pipelines are private pipelines, uh, intergovernmental private, I mean, international uh, private pipelines, mainly uh, run by Gazprom, which is the largest gas producer in Russia, supplying uh, gas into Europe. So, uh, a week ago, there were about three or four leaks that we uh, detected uh, on both uh, Nord Stream 1, which is not complete, and Nord Stream, Nord Stream 2 and 1. Nord Stream 1 is not complete. It was stopped after Russia decided to invade Ukraine, but there is gas running into that, and that is currently leaking. So that's got no impact in terms of gas supply. But also at the same time, we need to remember that the gas supply was suspended. Uh, by Russia into 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 Europe uh, mid uh, September. So, notwithstanding that there's leaks, but yeah. that is not impacting at the moment into the uh, gas supply uh, towards uh, towards Europe from Russia. So, Timbisa, when something like this happens, I mean, if there was one leak, you might say, "Wow, that's a real problem." What's that thing? Once you you once you uh, insult me. 
uh, I can't remember how that saying goes, second time you insult me, third time it's it's me that's actually at fault. So first time round, yeah, it could be something just happened. Second time round, hmm. But four leaks on the pipeline look kind of odd, and it does look like it could be sabotage. What's your take on that? Well, my frustration, number one, was I was upset because I thought there's going to be a pollution uh, into the Baltic Sea, and that's going to impact the marine life. Uh, but we're told by experts that there's minimal uh, damage by gas, uh, unlike the oil leaks. When you have oil leaks, you are likely to have uh, bigger devastation. So gas is cleaner, but of course the methane might also impact uh, on the marine life. So that's that, that regional, so there's a bit of comfort in that regard. But regarding your, to answer your question directly, there are two um, like schools of thought in this regard. Russia is accusing, of course, the, the Western countries and Ukraine in blowing up these uh, or sabotaging these pipelines. And the Western countries and Ukraine uh, are obviously blaming Russia for sabotaging the pipelines. So that's where we sit at the moment. And there are good reasons for that. So. Your take would be what? That you think, it, it, I mean, it could be anybody. It could be the West. It could be Russia. We, it, and, and the reason would be why? Well, for Ukraine, for Ukraine, it's simple. Ukraine has always been fearful since 2014 after the, uh, after the annexation of Crimea, which yes. was a big province that was taken up by Russia. Uh, uh, with the completion of Nord Stream 2 nearing to an end, Ukraine has always been worried that the over-reliance of Europe uh, in, in Russia's supply of, of, of gas could, at some point, if the Europeans were to choose whether to support Ukraine or continue the business with Russia, they might just yeah. have chosen, chosen Russia. So this, to Ukraine, you know, that's the, 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 the rationale that most people are using, that Ukraine stands to, at least now, have a permanent ally, and they can now rely on, on, on Europeans because Europeans won't have uh, that put a reliance on, on, on Russia, which eliminates that fear from Ukraine that the Europeans are teaching those things Russia because of the oil supply. That's the first point. The second, the second one, from the Russian perspective, I mean, Russia has got a lot to benefit. One is that Gazprom was, uh, at the moment, being about to be taken for, to be taken to court and sued by European companies. Gazprom is a private company, even though it's owned by Russia, but it's like, more like Parastrato in South Africa. So it has failed to deliver oil for one reason or the other. The, the, the past couple of days they've been claiming maintenance, etc. So the European clients were about to sue them for lack of delivery. Uh, now this sabotage kind of you know absorbed them from that, helped yeah. freeze them from the potential. That's one. Number two is the two gas pump pipes were going to go obsolete given that Europeans are now looking at alternative gas supplies. Uh, now, the sabotage also helped the Russians to claim insurance, uh, which is a huge huh. amount of money. So if if, if the two gas pipes are not going to be working, um, and now they are sabotaged one way or the other, that's an insurance claim. So huh. Russians can now go to European insurance companies and claim for the damage of them. So oh. there is that benefit for the Russians. But it's much, much, much more complicated than that. But if it, these are the two low-hanging examples, uh, an explanation that I can give uh, without going to detail. Oh, Timbisa, we need to go to the news, and I'm so sorry because there was so much more that I wanted to ask you. Timbisa Fakude is the Senior Research Fellow at the Africa-Asia Dialogues, and as part of Thought Leader Storytellers and Griots in our small world, 
We asked, has somebody sabotaged the Nord Stream pipelines? Brilliant answer because it looks at why it could be anyone, actually, with regards to the current war in Ukraine. Uh, fascinating answer, and uh, it does make you think, well, what is the impact of this further? Unfortunately, it's 8 o'clock, which means it's time for the news. Good morning.